comics, movies, music, video games, technology, Blu-ray, television. This is the HHW LOD Podcast Network. Sherlock Holmes. Catch you later. No, you won't. Episode 332. The moon with the rebel base will be in range in 30 minutes. 30 minutes. Every time Catherine revved up the microwave, I'd piss my pants and forget who I was for a half hour or so. It's 30 minutes away. I'll be there in 10. I'll be there in 10. Is this a five-minute argument or a full half hour? You have 30 minutes to move your car. Your car. You have 30 minutes to move your cube. Your cube. You are listening to a half hour wasted. Tonight's episode: Dracula's Baby. And that's why I got reprimanded for taking two days off just to watch the royal birth. Oh, I'm so excited, guys. I didn't have access to a TV that had any of those camera really? shots. Oh, man. Yeah. It was just like it was that closed door. But, but you were time. watching it, right? Yeah. Well, I think guys- the, the image has burned into my television now, <laughs> so I'm... I'm Never should have invested in that uh, that fleet of plasma TVs. Yeah, plasma's bad. That was a horrible idea. Brad, I've how gone much? Through, I've gone through about about one a year. I go through. Brad, hmm. how much time did you spend watching the Royal Birth? Um, and be honest. I mean, I was there pretty much since about four in the morning. I was watching mm-hmm. up until it happened. Yeah, I had no idea it was happening. I, uh, oh, I, come on! I had zero idea that it was. Oh, happening. Wow. Brad. I, you know what? Hey, listen, look at me. I didn't even know if she was pregnant. <gasps> what, what polar extremes there? I, I camped out in my living room for it. I did I, not I even actually, know she was pregnant. I what actually moved of... all the furniture out and put a tent in the middle of my living room. And you call so yourself a geek? You call yourself a nerd? This is the next best thing. This is practically Harry Potter in some way. I'm sure you can somehow put that together. Can you imagine listening to this for 24 hours straight? Uh, that's what the name is Bill, for. Bill and I have done it. But right. Frank, can you imagine this? Yeah. No, I cannot. This, uh, by the I way, I cannot imagine doing this. This sounds like a colicky baby. Uh, by the this way. is actual audio of the royal baby. Uh-huh. Or it could be. Uh, Actually, would it be not popping teeth yet? Probably. How would an English probably. baby cry? Ow! 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 Okay, so we're all hoping that basically this baby turns out to be British Stewie. Yeah, we all I bet agreed. it came out. <laughs> I mean, hopefully he turns out to be a super villain, and it was. I'm so glad that's over. No, we we never should have let him. You know, oh, it when, was muggy in there. When we live our own Terminator future, we will think back, and it's like, man, it, you know, if we'd killed Hitler, <laughs> if we'd killed you know this child, you know, we would have averted horrible holocausts. Hey, so I do have some I interesting. Don't facts. actually think that, by the way, yeah. and I'm not planning on doing anything about well, it. Well, I mean, the Brits could turn on you, right? I mean, they could. Mm-hmm. They have James Bond. They know how to do sneaky stuff. But well, um, and, and who's to say the baby didn't come out looking 
half like James Bond. Exactly. Mm. I love that just washed freshness. <laughs> Me too. Well, you know what? If you're a royal baby, my guess is you will experience a life of freshness. Yeah. <laughs> You probably you will know nothing to, but fresh. You will not have to sleep on sheets that you're too lazy to wash. That's my guess. Okay, so Bill, you, right. uh, you, the liner you had was Dracula's baby, and that relates back to these interesting facts mm-hmm. I found yes. about the royal family. Yes, which the first one say genealogists say that the baby will be distantly related to Dracula, the 15th century prince who inspired Bram Stoker's famous vampire. How great is that? Isn't that crazy? Yes. Uh, let's see. Traditionally, early royal Brit births were witnessed by the interior minister in order to ensure that her that uh, the baby was legitimate. Really? Yeah. How did they? Would they give the baby an IQ yeah, test or something? Or how did, how did they figure that out? Did they count the number of fingers and toes and make sure they all add up. Yeah, make sure they have four because right. all that inbreeding. Yes, exactly. That's, that was my point. The uh, the baby already has a personal yes. Wikipedia page. And has between three and six toes on each foot. Former Australian Prime Minister Julia Gillard has, ar- has knitted a kangaroo for the new baby. She, that's not and my... sent it to Pomyland. <laughs> it's not my favorite Australian Prime Minister, by the way. Yeah. Which, is, which is your favorite? Mm-hmm. Um, d- David <laughs> uh, Gerald. She's a good. Sheila, <laughs> not at all, ten. stuck up. <laughs> Yahoo! Serious. I'm sorry. No, the the actual I was playing with you there. Uh, Yahoo! Serious. I remember that guy. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. He's the only Australian I can think of right off. The well, Crocodile Dundee, dude. Oh, come on, Paul that Hogan. An, oh, what Bring about it. Callum? You made Callum horrible. What's no, that guy? Callum, no, it's assumed. I think I can't think of any Australians. Callum, like, yeah, knows but I was talking about more nice famous Australians, important not, Australians. Yeah, I was thinking about important Australians. Oh, imported Australians. I think most of them went back, right? You know what? Huh? Just Australia yes. will come back to this conversation yeah. later on in the show. I guarantee that. I don't see how. I I will, I will surprise you guys. I will bet you $5,000 it doesn't. Pull out that Pause checkbook, baby. Okay. And make sure it's to, not the rubber one. I'm going to need the chip for about Welcome to episode 332. the show, Brad. Okay. Okay, thank you. 332. Last week, well, two weeks ago, when you finally hear this, <clears throat> San Diego Comic-Con. Happened. Hmm. A lot of interesting hmm. bits came yeah. out of that, don't you guys think? Once again, I yeah, didn't make it know. there. <laughs> you know, lots lots of big news, lots of big announcements. Uh, some kind of dooey, but uh, but some fun stuff. And some for stuff. me, the most important announcement that came out of San Diego Comic Con was the new announcement of the new season of Aqua Teen, whatever it's going to be called this time. You <laughs> well, know, I thought it has a name. It does. It was started off as Aqua Teen Hunger Force, and then it went to Aqua Unit Patrol Squad 1. <laughs> and then it was Aqua something, you know, whatever. And now it's called Aqua TV Show Show. <laughs> and that is awesome, awesome. It is. And uh, <laughs> they provided a clip for us. I'd like to play uh, part of that. Is this advice? This is clip considered advice. Yeah, you saw you, if you watched the link. I didn't watch the <clears throat> clip. Oh, you didn't? No, I didn't. Okay, I'm waiting for the uh, Geico commercial to stop. <laughs> okay, I'll just play a clip of the clip. It's a sub clip, hmm. if you will. I love the show so much, Aqua TV Show Show, and it's got to have a. It's gonna have a new theme song. Yeah, in the whole bit. So, wow, how do they keep doing that? I don't know. Okay, here we go. 
Yeah, I knew this day would come. You want to learn from the master on how to be cool. How did you know that? Going into the kitchenette, nuke me up a pepperoni cheddar hot sleeve. Then I can be cool like, like you? We'll take this one hot sleeve at a time. I've missed Carl, <laughs> and I've missed Shake. Ah, uh, can't wait. How long so, has it been? I mean, it oh, doesn't gosh. seem like it's been that long. It's been at what, least a, a year. year. Yeah, at least a year. Dang it. So does it look like they're back to their old surroundings, coming yeah. back to the house and stuff? Yeah, I mean, they okay. they always went. They've never not been at the house. It's it's always been there. But, like, with um the last season, or the, I can't remember if it was last season or season before, they supposedly had moved to Seattle. Yeah. yeah was... But it still looked like uh, their old house and old neighborhood, and you could still see New York skyline in the background. I seem to remember in Jersey. I seem to remember there were, there was an altercation with a cop and the New York police and they Is were it, talking about being in Seattle but the new, but there was a New York cop yeah. with a New York car. I think he kept, had <clears throat> they kept saying something about being in Seattle. Was he that had, intervention? Yeah, I think that's the one where the where Idris Elba was the cop. In oh, question. I did not know that. Yeah, and he pulled Shake <laughs> uh, pulled Carl over Which for Which accent did he use in that episode? I'm trying to An American to accent. Did he? Yeah. The whole time? Yeah. Okay. Right. Yeah, um, so I'm very excited about that. I, need I know to go nobody back. else is, but I need to go back and and watch Thor again just to find <laughs> out if Idris Elba's accent mm-hmm. fluctuates as much as it did during Pacific Rim. What um, I still have whiplash from that. Uh, Seriously, otherwise, though? Go what ahead. a great movie. Uh, for uh, for Breaking Bad fans, there's a very funny story with uh, Brian Cr- Cranston, the guy who plays uh, the lead yeah. in Breaking yes. Bad. Uh, he was uh, he was walking around the con. Dressed like Walt, the character from the show, but wearing a mask of Walt, and apparently people were going up having he a had picture a taken with him of himself, of his own face. <laughs> That's <Yeah>. awesome. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> I don't know if he revealed himself to something uh, or something like that. Johnny M. He uh, did. sent it to him, but that was uh, I thought that was kind of clever and kind of funny. So I saw the picture of him yeah. sitting at the at the bench with his mask in front of him. <laughs> That's a that's kind of fun. That's kind of um, makes you wonder how many times that's happened before. Yeah, we know that Andrew Garfield uh, dressed in a Spider Man costume and attended the Spider Man pan Amazing Spider Man panel and asked a question, <laughs> and then took his mask off and it was him. In now a was Spider-Man. that was that at this? No, last year oh, okay. or two years ago, okay. maybe. Yeah, yeah. Which no, they, that was for the first Amazing Spider Man, which they did. Uh, I saw for the first time pictures of Shocker. Electro. Electro, Ooh. I'm sorry. Yeah. Uh, what'd you think? Ugh. Looks weird. Yeah, I'm just... <laughs> I think it's supposed to look more like the ultimate Electro. Which he has a blue head. He's, yeah. It's, it's, it's almost like a translucent blue. Yeah. <clears throat> it's Have like his seen... whole body is made of energy. The more I see about this, I do like the new costume. I like... I approve... I'm Brad Milo, and I approve this costume. <laughs> but it's not enough to get me to go see the movie. What about Rhino? No, Have there I'm been sorry. any images of Rhino yet? Paul Giamatti yeah. driving in his human form. But that's it. We haven't yeah. seen him okay. <laughs> with the costume on. I was hoping that. that may have come out during uh, Comic-Con. What were we going to say, William? Um, I was just wondering if we were talking about uh, Spider-Man's costume or uh, Electro's. Because doesn't Electro, is him basically just wearing a trench coat? Uh, Electro has the uh, the lightning bolt of, mask, does he doesn't the, he? Electro's does he have the lightning bolt mask? No, this is the what I said. Looks more like the uh, ultimate universe as opposed to six one six. Yeah, okay. The new Spider Man costume, 
looks very reminiscent of the old Steve Ditko created costume. Oh, no kidding. There's Electro. He yeah. has the uh, like oh, the starfish mask of that's lightning bolts. That's the 616 universe. Yeah. But see that blue face right yes. there? That's Jamie Foxx's Electro in the new movie. Yeah, he kind of looks like... Uh, it's kind of giving you a Mr. Freeze vibe, isn't he? Yeah. Well, Mr. Freeze with a with a hoodie. Yeah, I'm I'm shocking. That's right. <laughs> Your what else? delivery is electric. What else? What else? Uh the new um DC announced our new they're finally launching their series of movies, which one of the announcements we got was <sighs> Flash is in development. I think that's kind of fun. I love well, that. I didn't I thought they never ended up announced in, announcing that. It, oh. They <clears throat> no, they they um well, they expected maybe an what I read was too early, but uh, I read that. Yeah, you're looking at um, uh, Flash. Was it uh, Flash next year? Superman, Batman, or Batman Superman the year after, and then JLA the year after that in seventeen. So I, fifteen. 16, Warner 17. Brothers to announce a Flash movie yeah. for release in twenty sixteen. And later yeah. that day, uh-huh. they came back. The websites came back and said that DC never announced it. Oh. Yeah. <clears throat> but they did announce. Yeah, in fact, this wasn't actually announced during the Warner Brothers panel at Comic-Con. Did the Hollywood Reporter get it wrong? Or was it just that Warner Brothers didn't announce it here? I suspect the latter. Warner Brothers' big Comic-Con announcement is starting to spill out early in a big way. In addition to news about Superman Batman, the Hollywood Reporter... Uh, the Hollywood Reporter are now saying that Warner Brothers has announced a Flash movie to be released in 2016. Uh, I'm looking for confirmation. I love the, um, the speculation as to who might be writing the movie, which we they never the Flash obviously movie? answered. Yes. Never saw that. No, the Flash movie they're talking about doing here in three years. I never saw any information about the writer. Okay. Um, like, what did you hear? Uh, I thought I uh, saw like David Gore, but it was most likely just you know the author wish listing. Oh, okay, I, I didn't I didn't get the impression you know you know here's the top five. Uh, uh, I wish I knew. They have announced a Superman Batman movie or Batman. Yeah, Superman they're not sure movie. what the name of is going to be. <laughs> and I think it's versus actually. Yeah, Superman versus Batman. Um, then again, I'm looking at something here. It says Superman slash Batman. I. I don't. I got a bad feeling about this. <laughs> okay, Han. I mean, first you should you should make a good Superman movie, and the reason I'm saying it that way is because Man of Steel was the the reaction to that was all over the board. There wasn't a strong lean one way or the other. I've heard like fifty fifty. I liked it okay. and I didn't like it. It was. An average uh, reception to that movie, I think, is a fairly accurate statement. You want... Okay, and it's still too soon after Nolan's Batman trilogy. you got to let that gestate a little more. Because I, what they're talking about doing is recasting Batman. Yes. And this would be, the obviously, the JLA Batman. Yeah, what you want to do is you want to have... This is not my idea, but I completely agree with it. And I don't remember where I read this. But what you want to do is have a Superman movie that's a bona fide hit. And I think we can all agree mm-hmm. that Man of Steel wasn't a bona fide hit. It wasn't... This was, no, it, it, wasn't a, it wasn't a game changer right. for them. It wasn't their Iron Man that they were hoping for. Right. So you need one of those. 
to get people excited about Superman. You need a new Batman solo movie to introduce you to the new actor. Yeah. And then therein lies the setup for a Batman Superman movie or well, a Superman Batman movie. I'd heard the I heard the uh also the thought that the movie uh was I mean, again, we don't know what they're going to call the thing. But I'd heard it described as a world's finest movie um, a week or so ago. And I thought that made an awful lot of sense because in that movie, it's truly a dual movie. And you could you could get, you know, we've seen the Batman origin. Well, if you've read the comics, you've seen it 80 different ways, you know, in 80 different storylines. And we've seen it twice already on screen. And I wouldn't mind them kind of, glossing over it and kind of assuming that people know who the heck Batman is. You don't need now. another Batman origin movie. I, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, I, mean, I know. You could, I'm, I'm, you, I'm on board five with, minutes to with, gloss over it if you with want. With Bill, yeah. Just hit the ground running yeah. right. with that a Superman I mean, Batman with, movie. It starts out a Superman movie and Batman is the shadowy figure and somehow Batman is introduced into the movie and of course they're adversarial and you know then they end up, it's a cop-buddy drama by the end of it, I guess. With, um... The general in Man of Steel, and I can't remember his name, African-American gentleman. <clears throat> You've seen him before. He was in The Matrix, uh, Reloaded. Not, no, Revolutions. Not Florence Fishburne. No, it was another guy. Uh, um, oh, yeah, I know That was Perry about. White. He was yes, thank at you. The, the panel at San Diego Comic-Con, and he read a passage from uh, The Dark Knight Returns, the one where okay. Batman was saying something along the lines of, I want you to know, Superman or Clark, that I'm the one that beat you. I want you to feel my hands around your neck or whatever. Sweet. And it gave people the wrong impression, I think, that they were going to model the new Superman Batman movie after The Dark Knight Returns, which I don't think... I think that was a poor choice uh, Yeah. on the pe- people involved with this movie to read that passage out loud. It's um, because it implied something to, to comic book fans... Well, that's y- probably not going to be. I mean, they were kind of cashing. You know, they're yeah. getting ready to start writing some checks. They weren't prepared to cash. I think. I think uh, Warner Brothers and DC. You know, they are very late to this game. Marvel has established itself, and they just need to play catch up. And I think they're trying to paint broad strokes to let people know what to expect. So saying this, all the stuff about the Batman movie, it's going to be like the Dark Knight, same tone. That just kind of establishes that everything is going to be okay. It's almost like a PR campaign. I doubt they have really anything established other than maybe a plot line. And I, I think they're just trying to cover their bases so people know that DC is still in the game, man. We got, we, you know, we got Superman, we had those Batman movies, you know, forget about Green Lantern, but hey, we're making movies, so don't worry about us. And that's another thing. Do we? I don't imagine that they're they're not. It's not going to be a Green Lantern movie before Justice League, apparently. Nor there's going to be a Wonder Woman or a you know whatever else, whoever else your other favorite ancillary JLA characters are. Um, which is too bad. Um, so is Ryan Reynolds? Does he get recast as Green Lantern? I, I kind of think that if it's me. Um, I'm not necessarily firing Ryan Reynolds, but I'm going with an entirely new look for him. Um, he's going to have a costume that looks more costumey, and he's going to be a little more like what we expect Hal Jordan to be, kind of dour and cocky and stuff. Not, you know, almost, almost a more Jeff Johnsy 
type of characterization, which is actually not that much fun. I think it would be a mistake to have Ryan Reynolds reprise his role. I think, yeah, I couldn't agree more. Yeah, I'm either or. It, it, I don't think his characterization was bad. I think it was more of, of the script of that movie. Yeah. That, that well, gave me a problem. Just, I thought he, he represented a good Hal yeah. Jordan. It was just the material he was given to perform it. But whoever they choose, I'm going to be on board. Yeah, I've never had an issue with uh, Ryan Reynolds. I think he's kind of one note. Um, yeah. He's kind of like Tara Reid. He always looks worried, <laughs> um, even though he's you know otherwise pretty good. And he gets a lot of credit for uh, a couple of his great movies, you know, like Van Wilder. Actually, Safe House was uh, pretty interesting. He um, was in Batman? Yeah, uh, him and uh, Denzel. Safe That was a good movie. Yeah. Um, oh, that it was. Uh, I was thinking of Panic Room. That was a lot. I, of, I like Ryan Reynolds as as an actor. Yeah, but I think he was miscast in this, and I think it was because he was one of the hot actors at the time. Mm-hmm. It's like, hey, he's Deadpool. Hey, he's this. Hey, he's that. Um, so you know, let's get this name Ryan Reynolds. We know will drag people to the theaters, uh, mainly the chicks. Yeah, and the guys will go because it's Green Lantern. And I just, you know, he doesn't have the demeanor to pull off that role. So, uh, you know. Uh, people, you got about 35 minutes to call in and tell us who you would cast as Green Lantern. So who would you cast? Well, I, one of my great regrets in life is that I really stink at playing this game. Mm. And I want to nail it so much. I want to just, I want to pin down a list that you'll go, Eureka! There are clearly no other humans on this planet who should be playing these roles. You got it, Bill. That's why and casting I'm, directors I'm, I'm poor at rule, it, which I mean, bothers me. Yeah, a good casting director. Yeah, you know, sometimes they will make a decision. We were talking about this the other day about. Uh, remember when Michael Keaton was cast as Batman? Okay, and everybody thought, "What? Yeah. That is the dumbest." It was a home yeah. run. It was great. Michael yes. Keaton as Batman back in the eighties. Perfect. Well, perfect I think casting. it's a perfect analogy between uh, Robert Downey Jr. as uh, Tony Stark. There's another one. I mean, th- those two castings, are, I think, are just almost parallel to each other. And the fact that she took a guy who people didn't think could bring gravitas to that role, and they really kind of surprised you. Um, I don't remember if Michael Keaton did any, like, heavy dramas. I mean, we know Robert Downey Jr. did... You know, he did a number of things that were dramatic. He was in least. a great movie called Pacific Heights where he was like a psycho oh, guy yeah. with Melanie but Griffith. That, but that was after Batman, I believe. No. Up, up till then. Here, we'll have to look at this filmography. But, I mean, he was known more as a comedy actor. I mean, yes. up until Batman. I mean, oh, majority absolutely. of his stuff. I mean, Mr. Mom. I remember Terry Garr was on Letterman one night. And remember how D- David Letterman used to love to torture Terry Garr? <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> one night he was taking questions from the uh, audience. For Terry Gar, and one of the questions was, "Yes, <laughs> Mrs. Mrs. Gar, yes. Uh, during uh, the making of Mr. Mom, did you realize that you were married to Batman?" <laughs> <laughs> and of course, she gets this glazed, kind of angry look on her face. But her and David Letterman—they must have had some type of—they—they they were flirting hardcore. Nice. Um, dang, where's uh... graphic? Um, I mean. Why does it doesn't okay? There we go. Uh, Batman was eighty nine. It was uh, after he did Night Shift, Mister Mom, Johnny Dangerously, Gung Ho, Touch and Go, The Squeeze, Beetlejuice. They did Clean and Sober. They did the Dream Team, and then Batman. And then immediately after Batman, Pacific Heights comes out. 
and uh, one good cop. Then he does Batman Returns, and then he does something called Porco Rosso, and I refuse to read anymore. One of my favorite Michael Keaton moments ever on film is uh, his his bit as the police sergeant in um, The Other Guys with Will Ferrell and Mark Wahlberg. Okay. Dang, I don't remember that. I remember he was the, my rear off. He was the police sergeant, and he also had a second job at Bed Bath and Beyond. Okay. <laughs> and there was a there's a scene where he's talking to the 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 crew before the store opens. Yeah, like he would deal with roll call at the police station. Okay, it's pretty funny. It's pretty funny, especially the extended version outtakes um, on the Blu-ray of the movie. I'll have uh, to show yes. you guys later, but. Um, hey, uh, you'll be happy to know that uh, Michael Keaton was in, uh, this is something you'd probably like, a short movie uh, done in ni- 2006. Can you guess what it was, Brad? Say it again. Okay. Michael Keaton was in something I think is going to really surprise you. It was in 2006. It was a short. And, um, yeah. So I, uh, I, uh, I give have a no hint. idea. Was it, was it comedy? No was was it drama? Okay. Well, Comic book? I figured I'd take a shot in the dark. Uh because Brad loves Tenacious D so much. Yeah. But it might be interesting to know that uh, he was in Tenacious D colon Time Fixers. I'm not aware yes. of this. He's uh, actually third. Uh, it's uh, Jack Black and Kyle Gass, of course, as himself. I'll have to look that up. Uh, then Michael Keaton, uh, J.R. Reed, who I don't know if I've ever heard of, and then Paul F. Tompkins, who's done a million voices. I'll have to look that up. Yeah, he. I know Paul F. Tompkins does. Uh, he's like regular show, too. Uh, that's the uh, entire cast, according to IMDb, by the way. So, uh, And there's a, it says, uh, add a plot on IMDb. So pretty happy about uh, IMDb's performance right now for hey, the listener. Hey, since yes. you got IMDb up, look up the Flash movie and see what Ooh. has been posted about it. I just like the way you think. Well, you're let's doing just kind of see what they say. This is for Joe Jans and it. Eric Hesse and mm-hmm. everybody else in the world, apparently. <laughs> uh, there's going to be a Fight Club sequel. Oh, I saw that. In comic book form. Oh. Gra- okay. I'm sorry. Graphic novel yeah. in form. Uh, also, nah. also uh, coming is uh, Anarchy, uh, Sons of Anarchy, a comic book series. Huh. And there was one other TV show that was getting the comic book treatment. And I don't know about you guys. Uh, the, actually, uh, um, the Long Box of Doom guys, they were talking about TV comic books or TV making their way into comic books, you know, and do you guys, have you guys ever really read a series that was based on a TV show that went into comic and enjoyed it? Um, the only one that I've <laughs> read that I can think of right off the top of my head is there were some fringe comics. Yeah. And they weren't that great. Yeah. It didn't continue the show after the show ended, mm-hmm. but it was like, you know, adventures, stories take play, taking place during, and it they weren't that great. I I uh, for a while I was collecting the Simpson comic books and the Finch and the uh, Futurama comic books, and the, the strange thing about it is that they were very funny in print. Like every time I read it, it was I always enjoyed it. But I never looked forward to reading it for some reason. I think it was just the the translation between something animated and yeah. then something on still. It just it didn't make the click for me. But when I every time I sat down to read it, I always laughed. But I never looked forward to it. That's weird. I I, I guess I just don't buy that that kind of product. But uh, I've read plenty of bits in comic books where I read the letters page and the 
three people say that scene made me laugh out loud. It's like I don't. I've never laughed out loud. Really? I don't think while reading a comic book. I just. Uh, and that's just sad, I guess. They recently. Um, okay, well, I'll back up. You guys remember me talking about the Axe Cop yeah. comic book yes. from Dark Horse? They made an animated show. Yeah. Did you watch it, Bill? No, but I, I saw the uh, the ad for it on Fox, and I just went, "You gotta be." It. Uh, I well, saw I it. It was, it was a, only I online, right? I hope it's I don't really think good. So. I it's think getting it was ready on, to join animation domination. Yeah, it's on. on it's Fox. on TV. It, it started in July, <laughs> and I saw the first episode. Ten minutes. Okay. It does not translate well to <laughs> to television. I can't imagine how it, how it will, and it's got that. Um, I love the comic. In fact, mm-hmm. I just read volume four, President of the World, Axe Cop, <laughs> President of the World. Yeah. And by the end of that I book, just... spoiler alert, he's also president of karate. Okay, so tell me, but, so tell me yeah. this. How it, does, I, maybe I'm just being old and grumpy right now, but how does a five-year-old, how do you go, I, I've got I've to patronize this with my dollars and read it because it's going to be so enjoyable or so enlightening or so transformative or whatever? Because, you know, it's like... The idea that a monkey could do a painting and someone comes along and goes, I will give you $1 billion for that unique piece of art. Try your question yeah. again in a different way because I have no idea what you're asking me. Oh, okay. That's I think I do. It's surprising it lasted, uh, took this long into the episode. <laughs> uh, you're, you're asking, like, how, how, can a, uh, how can a five-year-old kid entertain adults with a comic book? How can a five-year-old produce something valuable enough that adults give their time and money to I, because a lot of it had this. to do with his 31 year old brother <laughs> yeah and the artist and the way he oh, okay. i mean all right okay the the 31 okay. year old brother um ethan nicole okay. uh illustrates the book but okay. he also he also let's do it this way I, the 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 kid is the plotter, the story plotter. Yeah, here's what needs to happen. Yeah, and then the okay. brother produces it. It's like okay, we're, we're getting closer to something realistic here. Guy. Here's what okay. it's like. Here's what it's Dang. like. It's kind of the opposite of Stan Lee and Jack Kirby. Yes, imagine Jack Kirby going to Stan Lee and saying mm-hmm. and asking questions. What about this? What about that? What happens when Axe Cop does this? Stan Lee answers. Yeah, and. Uh, Jack Kirby takes all of those answers and yeah. creates a story out of them. Right. Or he leads Stan Lee, quote-unquote, by the hand, story beat through story beat. Mm-hmm. I was interested so to read that. They, um, who was it? Um, uh, was it Brevoort or Cassada or one of those guys? Is basically saying that right now someone asked a question. I think it was Brevoort. I uh, asked him a question on uh, the, the, the Twitter thing. And asked if anybody at Marvel was still writing in the Marvel, using the Marvel method, the classic Marvel method that you're describing right now, where writer gives a plot, artist provides the details, writer maybe clarifies a couple things. What did he say? Uh, he said that Dan Slott is really the only person mm. that is not working full script these days. So Dan Slott still maintains a lot of the uh, the Marvel method uh, with, with his uh, with his process, and clearly. I'm trying to remember. Uh, is, I don't read Spider Man. Does he work with Rodney Ramos a lot, or are there, is there a stable of guys that he works with a lot that he's kind of simpatico with? Like you know, I don't Lee think there's one. I don't think there's one because it, it seems like it takes a. It's a lot of faith to uh, um, give a project done in that Marvel method 
to an artist who is uh, TBD? I don't, I don't think there's one specific one, no. He's written Amazing Spider-Man for years. Okay. And he's worked with a plethora of artists. You would say plethora? A plethora. A plethora. Yeah. Do you even know what a plethora is? I do as many, many, many <laughs> artists. A plethora. It's a sweater! <laughs> <laughs> what other kind of news did we get? Um, hey, you want to you hear... You know what? You want to hear this about The Flash real quick? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah go ahead. Yeah. But listen to this. So I, uh, this is on IMDb, so it's not hidden information. And I have a hard time believing what I'm reading in any case. So the, uh, the plot synopsis, you want to... Are we ready to go? Does anybody need a spoiler alert? Nope. Okay. Plot synopsis. After the death of Barry Allen while stopping the anti-monitor, Wally West assumes the mantle of the Flash. However, he must... Stop. Hammer time. There's already major problems. Major problems with this already. Go ahead. Continue. Continue. Oh, with the reading. Okay, yeah, we can do that too. Uh, however, he must deal with his fading powers as well as the mental instability of his longtime friend. Instability, Hal Jordan, or in what? Okay, it should this be. Is, I think it should I be think this is a filler that someone just kind of. Liked. I I do not know. Uh, it says the uh, uh, Rob London. Uh, he writes while working in his lab during a storm one night, a bolt of lightning strikes a tray of chemicals, soaking police scientist Barry Allen with its <clears> contents. Now able to move at super speed, Barry becomes the Flash, protecting Central City from the threats it faces. That's the other synopsis. And then this one is uh, more detailed. And if you click see more the comment warning sections, are these? No, this <laughs> is this is the actual plot. There's a plot summary for the Flash on the IMDb page. It's, and it's this is 2016, the Flash, okay? So I'm not like reading uh, you know, an episode of one of the TV shows with Harold Perrineau from back in the 80s. Most people don't know that uh, Harold Perrineau was uh, was in the Flash. By the way, the, was uh, he the really one with Wesley Allen, Wesley Dodd, Wesley Barney Frank Dodd, <laughs> whatever? Um, did you other, guys? Did you guys a watch? Joke out there for those of you who get this. Have you guys seen the mm-hmm. um, that series from? The, I guess it was. The I 80s. saw half of the episodes and gave up. I uh, I rewatched it with when Netflix kind of kicked okay. in, in, and you could stream that. And um, you know, unfortunately, it was one of those things where you don't want to relive well, that thing that that is in your mind as a child that you loved. And it suffered from the fatal, the fatal Achilles healed flaw that all those uh, comic book shows tried to give us. You know, back in the seventies, is that the superheroes, whether it's the Hulk or Wonder Woman or the Flash. Um, they didn't have the budget or the capability to do the CG or the or the the whatever Smallville to a large extent. Certainly, his first few seasons, he never battled a super villain. Uh, the Flash did get to battle the Trickster, who was not you know played by Mark Hamill. Mark Hamill, and you know the Trickster is not super powered that I know of. He might have super gadgets or something, but. Uh, you know, he's not going to outrun the Flash or, right. you know, lift a building or anything like that. So you never, ever saw, you know, a superhero do what a superhero does, beat up super bad people. I, I struggle with Lois and Clark a lot for that same okay, reason. Okay, yeah, I didn't even think about that. Because they, it, it seemed like they were always 
battling. Superman was always battling cr- just regular criminals yes. instead of supervillains. But yeah. as you said, the technology was not there at the time. We kind of live in a golden age right now of what is possible with this production. Is good, this is a good uh, good time to be a geek. Yeah. <clears throat> you know? Yeah. If, um, yeah, if you're not soaking it up right now, you're probably never going to be happy because you are experiencing the merging of the analog age with the digital age Not right the now. summer of 2013 in particular. Yeah. I just mean like <laughs> no, in, in mean, the last several years, it's been I mean, really good stuff. Think about what you can see on television. Think about the just the production value. Production values are, are at a point where... Yep. Regular television, you can see these shows. I mean, I know it was a bad show, but The Cape on NBC mm-hmm. had some pretty impressive effects on it, with, especially with that cape. And that was television, and that was a schlocky show that maybe got yeah. six episodes, but the effects were pretty cool. I like Arrow also. I mean, Arrow it's got is some great. See, I just, that needs to show up on on demand or Netflix it's some, or something. It's a great. Great show. Because I um, saw the second episode of Arrow because I'd missed the pilot, and I thought, not bad, and haven't seen a lick since. Let's move on to some other news. Avengers Age of Ultron is I'm, the name of the new Avengers movie coming out in 2015. So, okay. Uh, not based on the miniseries okay, that so, just happened, and Hank Pym is not involved. Yeah, I read that, okay. and I'm very ignorant about Ultron, so someone Hank Pym me. created Ultron. And what is Ultron? It's... Uh, Bad robot. It's <laughs> basically what it is. He created artificial intelligence. He created yeah. Skynet or uh, um, Amazo, Colossus, the Forbin project. Uh, Amazo is the other uh, publishing DC, company. But, yeah. it's, but, it's like, yeah. but is he like yeah. Amazo? Um, no, he is uh, supremely intelligent, supremely arrogant, and uh, like any computer program, uh, they're never able to squash every last bit and bite of him, which means that he basically lives on. But at one point, he develops an adamantium body for himself. Can and I so read something real he's quick? He's virtually invulnerable. And it's, he's, he's almost like a Galactus in, yes, um, in that they can't just punch him and knock him out. You know, They have to figure out ways to really contort themselves to get to somewhere where they can defeat uh, Ultron. And I, I, didn't think the, I didn't think the last miniseries is that bad, by the way. The Back in the Ultron. 60s? I never read it, so I'm not sure. Um, yeah, it was. It was. I thought it was worth reading. I don't know if it's worth, you know, forty dollars worth of reading, but it was good. He first appeared in Avengers number fifty four from nineteen sixty eight. Uh, further flashbacks reveal that he is the creation of Henry Pym and based on Henry Pym's brain brain patterns. Yes. The robot gradually developed its own intelligence and rebelled and almost immediately suffers from an Oedipus complex whereby it feels irrational hatred for his father, Hank, and demonstrates an interest in Hank's lover, Janet Van Dyne the Wasp, rebuilding itself, learning how to turn itself on and upgrading five times. Ultron then hypnotizes Pym and brainwashes him into forgetting that the robot ever existed. This is back in the 60s. I don't think Oedipus in the 60s. Sorry. No. An Oedipus complex oh, is when it's your mother, right? Well, it says he he bec- he. Well, no, it's it classic 68. Oedipus. He he becomes obsessed and wants to kill his father, and he he thinks his mom is sixty eight, awesome sixty nine. Should when you were born. Um, okay. Uh, we'll be. I'm just wondering: is that uh, uh, before or after the Star Trek episode, The Ultimate Computer? Don't know. Where the computer is based on, you know, Doctor Daystrom's Ingrams, hence. The computer is unstable and has a fatal flaw that Kirk uh, exploits to talk a computer into killing itself 
and not for the first time in the series. Let me read this. Take that, other starship captains. Let me read this real quick. This is the, a synopsis of the recent Age of Ultron miniseries that the movie will have nothing to do with, apparently. Yeah. But it's interesting nonetheless. Uh, they just threw the kitchen sink at you in that miniseries. I mean, it, Ultron, it, was, it was a lot of time travel and a lot of mind warping and a lot of... I know there's going to be a reset button at the end of this. Ultron has returned and conquers the world while slowly remolding it into his image. Mm-hmm. His Ultron Sentinels are guarding the streets looking for any fugitives. Hawkeye runs into the Ultron Sentinels as he was rescuing the superior Spider-Man, yet manages as he Oh, as he was rescuing Spider-Man, yet manages to destroy the Ultron Sentinels present. Whoever wrote that sentence needs to check the grammar. <laughs> it is later revealed that Ultron is actually in the future and has been using Vision as a conduit to punish humanity. While one strike team travels into the future to fight Ultron, Wolverine and Invisible Women go back in time to kill Hank Pym before he can create Ultron in the first place. Yeah. This results in a world where Tony Stark controls an army of robotic drones and that Morgan Le Fay has conquered half of the world. Traveling back in time once more, Wolverine succeeds in stopping himself from killing Pym, and he, Pym, and Susan Storm come up with a different plan. This plan results in a different outcome of the prior confrontation between the Avengers and the Intelligentsia. A backdoor installed into Ultron at his original creation allows Hank Pym and Iron Man to destroy the robot, instead averting the events that led to Age of Ultron in the first place. So, wow. What I is, think that, the Legion you want of to talk about your, hated what, it. What it was? <laughs> I think, yeah. Well, okay, dudes. Um, what it was, was that was Year of Hell, boys. That was Avengers, colon, Year of Hell. And only, there's uh, only a small percentage of the people who even give a crap about the reference it was a, making. It was a good ride. That's what I'm saying. It was. It took a couple well, issues of to realize episodes that, of yeah, Star Trek. Universe. One of the only good episodes of, of Voyager that of doesn't have anything to do with it being a really good, impactful episode, though. So what you're I mean, saying is, I don't, I don't, that doesn't validate my point. So what you're saying think. is, you enjoyed it, even though it really didn't have any lasting effects. Right. Do you think I asked this question on email? Well, you just you had you did have a sinking feeling that they're going to have to hit a reset button of some sort because they there's no they way kill that off they the main character. Well, there's no way they would have the guts to continue this if they didn't have the guts to continue the continuity at the end of uh, Secret Invasion, yeah. where we speculated for for weeks or months or whatever that will they have the guts to have the scrolls still be in charge at the end of Secret Invasion and. What possibilities for the universe if they spent the next year or whatever, um, you know, organizing and, and throwing the scrolls off of, you know, off of the planet? How cool that would have been! And instead, they they hit the Thor reset button, and in this one, they hit the Hank Pym, you know, computer program slash virus reset button, um, and they. There was no, I mean, you knew from the word go, there was no way they could possibly do it because there just there were too many important characters who were just killed. And it was one of those where it's a comic book. So you're reading the thing and you don't really realize that, okay, Ultron just blasted like, you know, Mr. Fantastic and, and Daredevil and, and Tigra and, and whatever, you know. He just blasts a half dozen characters and they refer to them as dead, you know, like half the comic later or the next issue in or something. And you go, it's like, I'm so used to comic book characters blasting each other and hitting each other and they don't die that it never occurred to me that these what? characters actually died. And it's like, no, they're stinking dead. And then they go back and they change the past, which is a gutsy storytelling move. 
unfortunately, it was uh, largely fluff because, again, it nothing ended up changing in, in the Marvel Universe because of it. And, and, maybe, and what, what Marvel Universe was it? Was it Ultimate or was no, this it? was it six one six? This was intended to be you know main you know Marvel continuity. And with the whole Marvel Now thing, you know, you're wondering, do they have the guts to make you know a real substantive change? And this this would have been too darn much. So I mean, I, I kind of understand. So you knew it was just it was just a fun roller coaster ride and. Much more than I'd say with, like, I just, I never could get into AVX and just that whole nonsense. I think mm-hmm. the only interesting thing about that was how the X-Men came out of it. Mm-hmm. I think really the, the Scott Summers and the, you know, Emma Frost and, and Magneto all with their broken powers. I think that's kind of really cool. And the fact that Cyclops is just, you know, he's become someone who, he's basically turned to Magneto. He He doesn't care anymore. I just, I think... The shame is that I don't think anything really interesting and lasting will come out of Age of Ultron, but it was a fun, stinking read while it lasted. Now, what was your what was your question, or what comment did you want to make? Um, about what? About Age of Ultron. There was a, we were talking about uh, an email chain or something like that about. Uh, oh, it, I asked you guys on email. Do you think writers go into events knowing? That when it's all said and done, they're going to have to take a bunch of crap from fanboys about how crappy that story was. I mean, do you think do you think they have to go in preparing themselves? Well, I I think if if you work in that industry, you're you already know what to expect. I mean, any writer who's on the level of a Spider-Man or an X-Men or something, they're a seasoned writer. So they know what to expect because they've been writing other stories and stuff like that. But I. In a lot of ways, I think I think writers probably have great ideas for stories, really, really good ideas for stories mm-hmm. where characters do die and and there there are things actually happening. But the editorial staff has to come in and bring it back around because in the end, you just can't do that because well, we don't know what we're gonna because you're you're actually gonna gonna affect one of our properties. And I know you want you know a character to lose an arm or you want someone to die or you want this. You know, I, I think that's why um, Aunt, what's her name? Uh, Spider-Man's aunt. Aunt, aunt May. Aunt May. May is still alive. She should have died a long time ago. She really has. But they keep her around because it's, I don't know, it's important to the editorial staff. They just don't want to lose that. Well, it was like uh, Superman and Lois. Yeah. I mean, it, it took them, you know, Peter and Mary Jane, it took them years to screw up the guts to actually do something about it. What's our runtime? Oh, we are at... I don't have my glasses on. Fifty minutes. That's pretty good. I know there's a lot of bad. there's a lot of other news and stuff, but those are the only ones that I can think of that <laughs> I really was interested in. Okay, uh, may, okay. Answer this question for me. Um, there's a at the San Diego Comic Con, uh, Karen Gillan, who played Amy Pond in Doctor Who for the last uh, two or three years. Um, She's an amazing character, and and that's one of the things about Doctor Who that's so cool is that somehow, um, for the most part, it keeps getting better and better, and more complex, and and just it just the show is just incredible. And she was amazing. She you know, it's one of those where you, you know every time the new Doctor hits, it's like oh well uh, this is the best Doctor that's ever been. Now the next one shows up. Um, okay, now this one is the best that's ever been. That's kind of the feeling I get off of Doctor Who these days. And Bill so, gets a feeling. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so Karen Gillan, who is a redhead, she's just a, a flaming redhead, 
and had hair, you know, halfway down her back. She shows up at the SDCC and she takes off her hair. Turns out she's wearing a wig and she's bald. What for? And the, well, thank you, Bleeding Cool. Um, I think she eBayed it, but. Um, eBayed what? Her hair or something. I don't know. Sold it for charity or something. But the, the story, okay. Um, it says here. <laughs> you don't sell it for charity, you give well, it for no, charity. Okay. It says, last week you couldn't get a dollar for Avengers 257 on eBay. Then Karen Gillan took off her hair. Now the comic, the first appearance of Gillan's character Nebula, is a $5 plus book of lots of room for growth, just like Gillian's scalp right now. Womp, womp, womp. Well, so she's going to be... The last frame, I never read any of those, uh, of the comics that she appeared in, because they were in like a peripheral universe. She wasn't in the 616. I think she was done by another comic company. I'm trying to remember it, but and sorry, I'm Nebula, sorry, I'm, I'm I'm lost on Nebula showed up at the very end of Age of Ultron. Okay, she has been contracted to play the character Nebula in the next Avengers movie or is something Nebula like bald? that. Well, the last page of Age of Ultron ten. Um, maybe I need to check this out real quick, but she. Um, this Nebula character shows up, and she's got long, flaming red hair. So I'm horribly confused right now. As and are everybody listening yeah, to this I'm, program. Yeah, I'm not quite sure where, where you're headed with, what, like, the point you're making. I was <laughs> trying to, sorry, I was trying to dovetail back into the end, of, you know, I was trying to tie it back into the uh, Age of Ultron thing. Um, oh. I don't understand why she cut her hair off. Basically, it didn't ex- because it her, didn't give any explanation because as to her, why. No, it doesn't. Um, that's that's the the big downfall of uh, some of those sites, including in this case, Bleeding Cool. So they give you very little meat on the bone, other than the the picture and the uh, the lurid headline, which leads you to wonder all sorts of things. I'm trying to to look up the uh, Age of Ultron. Okay, no, go away, go away. I almost had it. And hey, you know. I hate to uh, waste the, uh, the listener's point right now, too, while I'm, I'm looking it up. Will you please get out of the way? Okay. Um, dang it, I've got age of... There we go. All right. Sorry, I've got uh, Angel Ultron opening up here on my laptop. And it's pretty awesome. And okay, now I need to figure out how to get to page 32 real easily. Oh, man, come on. Yeah, this is like me trying to play audio. I get it. I know. I know this, this goes. I'm not proud of myself. <laughs> okay. But, you know, what am I supposed to do? Um, okay. Uh, Galaxy uh, ga- uh, Guardians yeah. of the Galaxy. They made some announcements on it. I'm kind of. I'm kind of. I know it's supposed to be the next big Marvel franchise, but I don't know a lot about it. Uh, it comes out when next year. Oh, what? I don't even know. Mm. Okay, I'm, I'm crazy. The the character's name is Angela. Sorry. Oh, that's I don't know. That's a whole nother. But she can looks of worms. exactly like Karen Gillan. That's a whole nother All can right. of worms. Okay. I guess uh, I wasted your time, listeners. I, can cut I apologize. All that out. <laughs> yeah, go ahead. I don't, I don't I don't even care anymore. You know, I don't think I care about Guardians of the Galaxy either. I mean I'm just like Bite your tongue. I know a lot of people love it. Maybe it's because I'm unfamiliar with it. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm unfamiliar with the two. I'll go see it I, when it comes out, but I'm just like I'm not on like I hear these small announcements. I go, oh, that's. Yeah. I guess that's cool. Yeah, I just I have to see it. Pray that they do it right. Uh, I just saw the uh, Ultimate Spider-Man cartoon, um, the most recent episode as of this pressing. 
was an episode co-starring the Guardians of the Galaxy. Big surprise there. It's corporate tie-in time. And I'm fine with that. I, I watched the episode and I enjoyed it. My big problem was that the voice characterizations didn't match what I've had my mind's eye for years now. And that like, is their fault for not reading your mind. It was it was a kind of a bad deal. The first time I heard Rocket Raccoon speak, it's like that is not what he sounds like. What does he Jerks. sound like? Oh, he kind of sounds he kind of almost sounds like a bit of a bit of a New Yorker. He's kind of distracting. Does he, he not sounds, sound like that? He sounds like he comes from a very dark place in your heart. And the night no, avoids him. Stop it. There you go. Just hit the mixer harder. Next time it makes that. It's the Fred Sylvester method of fixing a mixer right there is what that is. That's a joke for two people. That's a raccoon. I like That's that. That's a raccoon. That's, That's not, not what Rocket Raccoon sounds like, and I should know because I've had his proper voice in my head for 20-some-odd years now. And if I don't know what Rocket Raccoon's voice is supposed to sound like, nobody does. Hey, so, so you say he's supposed the degree to, from Full Sail, huh? You say huh? he... Um, Audio engineering degree, hire me. So when you said that you had... Um, You've heard his voice, and it sounds like a New Yorker. Does he talk like that? Is his, is okay. his dialogue written that way? I've got to admit, yes. He's kind of streety. And okay. Kind of, not seedy, but he's So just he sounds kinda, like Carl. He's, he's kind of... Un- <laughs> no, he's, he's, he kind of talks like, an, like he's a member of the great unwashed. Okay. He just doesn't sound very sophisticated. Like most and raccoons, I, very I, unwashed. Well, like... Okay, here's my thing. Um... Everybody to me should speak with a British accent. I think uh, only the, bad the, guys speak with only, British accents. No, accent. good guys speak with British accents uh, too, Frank. Star Wars. Yeah. Shut up. Okay. That's my argument. Um, Take it or leave it. Yeah. Space 1999. Uh, yeah. Oh, gosh. That's Canadian. Austin Powers, baby. He's not evil. He's no, just he's groovy. switched on. He's he, smashing. He is smashing. He's groovy. All right. And let's I, I like that. Up. No, see, that's not, that's not what Rocket Raccoon would sound like either. But he would sound sophisticated because he's also supposed to be. His main thing is he's a tactical genius. As and most raccoons really, are. That, well, no. You're you're making terrible assumptions. Okay. He is not actually a raccoon. His so the, he comes from a planet where the people where the where the, the, the indigenous beings just happen to look exactly like so a raccoon. He's literally he's not, a not raccoon. A, he's not a raccoon. He's not a raccoon. That's a misnomer. Okay. I was always under the impression that it was actually a raccoon. And you would lose that bar bet. Hmm. Interesting. So, so you now, would get you know your what? bar bucks. You can win a bar bet. You know what? Mm-hmm. I'm a little more interested now. <laughs> okay. To be quite right. honest, because the right. idea of a talking raccoon was pretty ridiculous. Yeah. I, uh, I've, got, uh, I've got floppies and other assorted variations of the Guardians of the Galaxy, uh, the 08 to whatever, 11 series, mm-hmm. the one that they're basing all this off of. And I need to share it with you guys, so maybe you can, you can get a little fire lit. Make it get, so. Maybe you can get that pilot lit lit. Man. Well, um, with that said, let's wrap up. I guess it's my week for music. Yes. I do you have know what some. I'm going to do very soon is rewrite the boilerplate at the end. Okay. Jazz it up. Give it that pop feel. Okay. So, uh, speaking right. of which, you've been listening to a half hour wasted, proud member of the HHW LOD Podcast Network. Send your questions and comments to halfhourwasted at gmail.com and follow us on Twitter at halfhourwasted. Leave us a voicemail at 972-798-3830. 
And with that, what's that number? I'm going to play a song that has Only not been released for you. You cannot, been as far as I know, you cannot buy this song. You can only see it on the YouTube that I know of. But it caught my attention. Um, it's actually a public service announcement mm-hmm. that was created for the Australian Austra- Metro. No, you're not. The train no, system. no. Yes, dumb ways to die. I've heard this song so. Many have you heard this? Time. Have you heard the song, Brad? I don't think so. There's a very cute animation that goes it, with I it. Can't. I it just, won I some can't. awards. It's clever. And it went viral on it. It's uh, a lot of fun. Uh, so with that, I'm going to play this song, Dumb Ways to Die. I'm going to collapse See you my next chair. time on Half Hour Wasted. Set fire to your hair. Poke a stick at a grizzly bear. Eat medicine. It's out of date. Use your private parts as piranha bait. Dumb ways to die. So many dumb ways to die. Dumb many dumb ways to die. Get your toast out with a fork. Do your own electrical work. Teach yourself how to fly. A two-week-old unrefrigerated pie Dumb ways to die So many dumb ways to die Dumb ways to die So many dumb ways to die Invite a psycho killer inside Scratch a drug dealer's brand new ride Take your helmet off in outer space a clothes dryer as a hiding place Dumb ways to die So many dumb ways to die Dumb ways to die So many dumb ways to die Keep a rattlesnake as a pet Sell both your kidneys on the internet Eat a tube of super glue What's this red button do? Dumb ways to die So many dumb ways to die Dumb ways to die So many dumb ways to die Dress up like a moose during hunting season Disturb a nest of wasps for no good reason Stand on the edge of the train station platform Drive around the boom, gets at a level crossing Run across the tracks between the platforms They may not rhyme, but they're quite possibly Be safe around trains. A message from Metro.